around and uh, a hearty welcome back. <laughs> it's good to be back. It's uh, great to be back in the in the huddler hot or in the huddle seat. And uh, I can't believe I missed Friday. Friday was a fantastic show. Shout out to Greg Goldstein. That goes up there with some of the best huddle in the hot seat segments. And uh, well done. I'm glad to be back. So uh, I'm glad you, you shouted out, Greg. He was fantastic, humble, endearing. Um, everybody loved or loves Double G. I get to see him that night at the uh, JA Hall of Fame. And I'm like, dude, you're everywhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was very humbling for me because, you know, the show was directed to a lot of what we do. Um, and then Jake did an amazing job as a co-host. His, his questions were amazing. He has taken his abilities to the next level. And then, wouldn't you know, he sends a follow-up video to, to Greg. It's just like... Man, it's all working. So yeah, that's awesome. I think so. We have to ask because today is National Bucket List Day. Was your trip a bucket list trip? Thousand percent. So for those of you who don't know where I was or what I was doing, I was in Cabo for four days celebrating our second anniversary um, and really our first celebration away from Jules since he was born. And it was a bucket list for sure. First of all, Las Ventanas, which is a Rosewood resort uh, in Cabo, is gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful. And the customer service and the experience of being there is like nothing I had ever been a part of. So just unbelievable attention to detail. And it's for me, Mexico is tequila. And so the amount I learned, we did a tequila tasting the first night we were there on Thursday night. And what I learned about the difference between silver and Blanco silver and Reposado and Añejo. And did you know that there was an extra Añejo? Um, unbelievable. And just it was it was a blast. So super educational, super relaxing, unbelievable food, customer service, beach, sun. I got to meet Candace Parker and her wife. Anya, uh, which was super cool and spent the day with them. So we made friends while we were there and it was really cool. So a couple of things. Um, do you know what my Cabo experience is? I don't. I have no, I didn't even know you went to Cabo. So early in my speaking career, I got an inquiry. Will you come and speak to the retire NBA retired players association? Oh, is that where you did that? No. <laughs> What? What? You're like, yes. Um, where is it? Cabo? Cabo. And you're going to pay me to do this? Right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, I can do that. You know, so Cabo is spectacular. Now, you know, being the snob that I am, where the where the event was, was not a Rosewood property. Right. We visited two other properties that we said our next time back, but yours looked absolutely amazing i think my favorite picture is you in your robe and your slippers out of that, <laughs> uh, that is the part of your uh, back your back that was our that was our patio yes yeah, so our patio led right out to essentially the pool in the main area which was incredible and I, the, the the like the sneaky hack to that trip was that you go to west coast time so if you stay on east coast time 
you go to bed at like eight or nine o'clock at night yeah, after crazy. a full day of eating and drinking. And then you wake up at 435, 530 in the morning naturally. And you feel fantastic. And you're up early. We had dinner out on the patio at six o'clock in the morning and then was able to relax and get ready and go get a workout in. Time moved so slow there, which I think is always something that you want on those kinds of trips is you really want time to feel like it's just, you know, moving so slowly. And it really, it really did. Excellent. Well, welcome back. You know, got to uh, buckle down, get to business. Friday night, I went to the uh, Junior Achievement Hall of Fame dinner. And man, you want to be humbled. Um, first of all, the audience was just littered with, you know, Broward's best or, mm -hmm. or South Florida's best. And then they honored people. We were guests of Andy and Allison Cagnetta. And uh, if you did not see my post, they are the most incredible people. I am so humbled to be friends, to be invited by them. Um, it was overwhelming. But in his, in their acceptance speech, they talked about how they got started in philanthropy. And this was the thing that really got me. Didn't, they didn't have any resources. They didn't have any money. He said, we just started where we were. We just mm. did what we could with who we could. So it was mind-bending. Beautiful night. Um, our friend Andrew Koenig knocked the cover off the ball. He yeah. was quasi-MC, and I shot him a note, and uh, we had a conversation. I said, dude, you got better. Yeah, better as a public speaker, your pace, your tone, your smile, you look more comfortable. That's awesome. We're having dinner with him to uh, continue the, the dialogue. So great stuff. All good. Um, Miss Lori is now here. Um, she uh, got stuck in the dressing room. <laughs> stuck in the green room. So in the green room, uh, let's shake. Can you bring on Lori? Um, and you can go bye-bye if you like. Good morning. Actually, no, no. Patrick got stuck with Top, so it was one of those mornings. So. I, we, we are thrilled to have you under any circumstances. Thank you. I spoke about the, the JA uh, Hall of Fame, which was a wonderful event. You and I will debrief on the event, but my take was – you know, really, really great. I really enjoyed it. I thought the uh, the cocktail hour was some of the best networking. You couldn't turn around without having a conversation with somebody that was influence was an influencer. So, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Of course, leading up to that was a little stressful, but they're sure me with the kids because at the end of the day, that's what Hall of Fame is really all about, right? Uh, and then Saturday night. Uh, Mike and I went down to Miami for the Jackson Health Gala. And let me tell you something, Broward, we are amateurs when it comes to events because <laughs> that was over the top. Miami just does it better than anybody, okay? When it comes to parties and- Where was it? It was at a film studio. Oh, wow. Big, huge open space. The decor, I can't even imagine what it cost them. Okay? <laughs> the screens, the- it was just over the top. The band was amazing. Just the whole vibe was just different than Broward, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I took but, a picture but, of the video. But you have to drive there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, and that was the worst part. Right. Uh, and then yesterday really was just coming down, sitting by the pool over at the Yacht Club and just 
decompress. It it was a really yeah. stressful week. Yeah. Good for, good for you. I mean, uh, when we were heading there, Helen asked me a question and she goes, are like, you going to be in JA forever? And I go, yeah. I mean, no one's <laughs> ever asked me that, but she says, cause you're like really in it. And I go, if you understand what all of this stuff does, like what's the cause and effect. And, and one of the things we're going to talk about when we break um, and, and wake this thing up is Seth wrote something called the empathy device. And you, some people forget why you're doing stuff, you know? So it's not about the steak dinner and the cocktails and the, they were serving partita, which is an amazing tequila, which I partook that night. Um, anyway, um, uh, you just never know. You forget, you lose sight. And so it's great to be part of JA. I welcome anybody that is here that is in Broward County to join me. And I'm thinking about doing a live coffee um, right there at JA so you can see it. You, like you wouldn't know what it is. And so I'm happy to host the huddle and a, a tour afterwards. So we'll put that together. But it's so great. I'll be with you guys again Friday uh, and Saturday for Friday the and Saturday retreat. And Saturday retreat. we have the ball, and then Sunday we're having a barbecue with the Dykes. It the fun goes on. Wake yeah. this thing up, Shay, because we got stuff to talk about. So um, I'm a big Seth Godin fan. He puts out a daily um, reminder. It's like a shot for me to think of stuff that I wouldn't normally think of. And the post was called the empathy device. Bear with me or Shay, do you have it to show or no, you do not. Um, so bear with me. I'll read it to you and you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's interesting to realize that mirrors weren't perfected until a few hundred years ago. Human beings spend a lot of time considering our own appearance and our own feelings, and most importantly, our own needs. When you get into business, if you focus on your needs over their needs, you already lost. Okay, that's not part of it. That's my commentary. The market produces a shift. When it's fair and open exchange, the customer gains in power. Lori said something to me, you know, that event was about catering to the donors. Those are the people that drive all this, all everybody who paid to be there. Um, so it's not for you, it's for them, which is the discussion I want to have with you guys. And if you do a good job of making it for them, then you get your needs taken care of. Wow. I mean, just so I want Lori from a philanthropic standpoint, because you have needs, you have goals. The board's going to hold your feet to the fire this Friday. Um, but it's all about the kids needs. And, you know, we can't lose sight of that. Mark, in your case, same, same scenario. I just want your takes on it. If you would. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to always focus on why you're doing it, right? The why, which for us is about right, preparing young people. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I had a conversation with my aunt and uncle were here from New York this week and they were here Saturday morning. We spent time together and they were talking about social media and all this stuff. And they said, well, I don't understand. Like my aunt said, you do such an amazing job on LinkedIn, right? As a leader and talking about different things. And my uncle was like, I don't understand though. And I said, I have met more CEOs, uh, amazing people, leaders, right? Just human beings through LinkedIn. And he said, well, how do you do that? And I said, I usually just, you know, if there's somebody that comes up or somebody I want to meet, look through their history, look through their, their post and find the commonalities between us. And then I reach out. And he said, well, what do you say? Like, do you want to give to JA? I go, no, absolutely not. I said, all I talk about is, hey, I saw that you have an interest in, in young people with special needs. Or I saw that you're an entrepreneur and you love giving back to entrepreneurs. I'd love to hear your story. I said, who doesn't want to tell their story? So when you make it about them, people want to interact and they want to engage. So I kind of felt like that was an example of, right, what you're talking about, Steve. Yeah, I have a real time, you know, example of this last Friday or last Wednesday, the day or Thursday it was the day before I left. Um, you know, I had a call with somebody who's looking for a coach. They're already in the buying process. This isn't top of the funnel building awareness. They're in the consideration phase. They're building a list of people they want to work with. And instead of pitching what we teach, how we teach it, and and trying to sell who we were or what we do, I made it about them. I said, well, what are you really looking for? I said, what's important to you about having a coach? Have you thought about you know, what you want the interaction to be like? Have you thought about what you want the meetings to look like? Have you thought about all of the things that go into that kind of relationship What's important to you about that? What are, why are you doing this? And it led to a conversation where I was able to give him my perspective on what I thought made the best coaching relationships, whether it be in sports, whether it be in business, whether it be in mentorship, whatever that was, I was able to help guide him in a way that didn't say you should be picking me, but here's what you should be on the lookout for. And whoever the people are that strike those chords with you, you're probably looking in the right direction. And he was so grateful for that because he was like, I've met with a couple others and I haven't thought about this yet. Now I got to go back and really collect my thoughts and go back and really ask these questions to figure out who the right fit is. And that to me is it's about them. It's not about me. It's not about me being their coach. It's about whether or not I fit them and, and they feel that it's the right decision. So, first of all, two tremendous answers. Thank you. You know, both really spot on. But isn't life about others? Um, Shay, I don't know if you got the graphic that I asked you to, but I followed this guy on Instagram and he posted this. Uh, so, Bedros Koulian, um, who's one of these other maniacs like Ed Milet and, you know, uh, Andy Frisella, they're crazy. Show me someone who says money doesn't buy happiness. And I'll show you someone who never given enough of it away. Right. You know, 
Uh, Warren Struhl said to me one time, we were on a plane coming back from the Bahamas. We were there for a business meeting. We're flying back and the weather is terrible. We're in this small little puddle jumper. And I looked at him and I said, dude, why do you do this? Like, I know why I'm doing it, man. I'm still building and doing whatever. You've already built. You've already done. He was the one I was partners with, Jesse Itzler with. And he goes, I haven't made enough money to give away what I want to give away. I almost jumped out of the plane. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's the best thing. But we yeah. know that we're not living in a world where everything is about serving others. Okay. I can tell you, I deal with hundreds of donors and you know, exactly which ones are in this for them. Yeah. But, but exactly. even, that, even that, and I wanted you to go here, even that you are, your responsibility is not to figure them out. Your responsibility is to serve them. And if their objective yeah. is about them, that's on them, our responsibility. And this is where I think training and development has gone awry because all people focus on is my boss said, I got a quota. I need to get X amount of this. It's like the moron cop that sits at the corner and gives stupid tickets out because he's got a quota to do it. That's bullshit. You know, that's let's, let's focus on more important stuff. So I think from the leadership and development or whatever, you are focused on what's important to them, which is all that you my really- first question. Right? My first question when I meet with a donor. It's Tell funny. me what's I mean, important to you. What are your goals? What, what this do you is, want to accomplish? This is why I go to church. And I think this is where I differentiate from most, pe most people that are faith-based is, and, and even the, the Catholic church will tell you is that it's about salvation. It's about going to heaven. And I'm like, nah, that's not really it for me. I'm like, the reason I go to church every Sunday is because it's a reminder for me to not make it about me. Stop thinking about yourself. Stop being so selfish and being so wrapped up in woe is me and the troubles that are coming to you and the problems. Fuck that. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. And as soon as you shift the spotlight, as soon as you shift the vision and the perspective and make it about everybody else and start thinking about everybody else, your problems get immensely smaller. You stop amplifying the voice in your head that's giving you all the negative talk track and you allow yourself to find more success. So I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to move to motivational music. It's Monday. I'm trying to stick to the Motown theme. Here's a Motown song redone by the uh, Beatles. So that's a, the original was done by a guy named Barrett Strong, right? Motown. Almost played that, but it came up with the Beatles redo of it, which is really great. But it's all about the song is called Money, you know? The the you know, that's what I want. Everybody wants money. If you only focus on money, and this is what we'll close the show with. And then Lori, I gotta ask you, your topic. 
gets bumped again <laughs> tomorrow. We're going to talk about collective intelligence. We're already at 818. Great topic, by the way. Which is a great topic. If you're okay coming back, you've earned another swing of the I plate. would be delighted and honored. So um, talk to me about goals that are not money related, both of you guys, because everybody wants money. If you focus on money, I think you fall short. I know that for a fact in my career. Yeah. I mean, to me, the number one goal has always been impact, right? Forget about money. It's, it's how do I wake up every day and create an impact? And you can start with the tightest circle that you have, which are the people that are within your household. Then you can move that circle a little bit wider to the people that you interact with on a daily basis in person. And then you can move that circle even wider to the people that you have the ability to reach out to that are in your phone book. And then you can reach your you know, impact a little bit further out or reach that circle out a little bit further and go to your social network. But to me, that 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 is the first key to of, of measuring a successful day is how did I create impact inside of my own house? How did I create impact inside of my own family? How did I create impact inside of my own you know community? How did I in, create impact inside of my own world? If I can check those boxes, the likelihood that that leads to money from everybody that I've ever studied in the history of the world, it's pretty likely. So you're an overachiever. Here's what's really interesting. As the CEO of a philanthropic organization, you have to create impact in order to take care of yourself. If you don't, you're not the CEO anymore. I mean, so. listen, impact is the number one answer, right? No, by far. But if I had to say a second one, right, it would be awareness. So you have, right, the first goal is always to create impact. But the second one is awareness. And you know the triangle, right? I don't have to tell you. If you're not creating awareness, whether it's about the organization, the company, your team, you, you your, right, your skills or, or leadership, right, your credibility, your reputation, I think that's always another one that I hear from people when I say, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish by partnering with J.A.? The first one I hope they're going to say, right, is impact, right? right? And, and by the way, that tells you where somebody is. And by the way, that's not always the answer. The answer. Sometimes and the awareness and that, the, the reputation and the branding, the return on investment is the first answer. And that's okay it's because okay. you're still going to have an impact. Right. So right? I love that. I, I think, you know, and that triangle was – when I, when I first started presenting that triangle to people and for people who don't know, the number one thing we're all looking for is awareness. Because if no one knows who you are and what you do, they have zero opportunity to consider you, you know? And so if they're considering you, oh, I mean, I talk to people and they go, what's JA? Okay, I don't get mad at them. I get mad at me. <laughs> like, you know, UPS started as the United Parcel Service. Nobody knew it as UPS or FedEx or any of these. So education, letting people know who you are and what you do is really important. It leads to consideration. And then once people are considering, you lose control over the decision. Yet all of the sales training and all of the development is about 
go for the close. You have no control no. over that. It's complete. None of what you do, Lori, or do you have control over? You had no control over what happened in that room last night or Friday night. All you did was set the table, which was amazing to be around all of those people. So great stuff. What a way to start the week, Lori. Lori, you're coming back tomorrow? Is that, is that set in stone? You'll be here tomorrow, Lori? I'll uh, tell you in a second. Let's make sure I look at my calendar. I will be here tomorrow morning. There we go. So, uh, we will jump right into, and this was Lori's suggestion. No surprise that it was a C word. She <laughs> wants to talk about collective intelligence. I read it. I did the homework on it. Fascinating how this affects your family life, your business life, everything. So great topic. Bring your friends tomorrow, even though Wednesday is bring your friend. But we got great topic and Lori's here tomorrow. So thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Let's get down to business. Ma, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business.